Hey, everybody. I don't know how to start it off. What are your thoughts about the intro? All right. Well, I wrote down a list of points. Boundaries for our podcast. We curse a lot. Fucking obviously. We tell stories and jokes. We are allowing ourselves a space to talk about important and challenging subjects. <laughs> if any of these things are not okay with you, please don't listen to this podcast. But I, I think we should keep talking about this for for a minute and make that the intro. Just kind of take some of each of our statements and and make that the intro. And also I'll use the fart noises. Welcome to How I Met My Brother. Okay, I was I was gonna open uh, with uh, talking with announcing the show, but I I do want to finish telling you about the sock vaginas. So we're coming in the middle of conversation. We Hi everybody, welcome, Hello. welcome, welcome. Podcast. It's called How I, How I Met My Brother. Um, so yeah, my uh, friends Jinx and Alicia, Lady Business, um, have a routine where they made sock puppet vaginas, and the sock puppet vaginas uh, sing. And would you like to guess what song the sock puppet vaginas sing? Up all night, sleep all day. I dreamed a dream of time gone by. It's I dreamed a dream. I I dreamed a dream from uh from what do you call it? Um, that one, <laughs> the one with the one with Wolverine in it, the one with Wolverine and Catwoman. The and, one and with the, Wolverine and the gladiator. And Catwoman and the gladiator. Yeah. That isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. No, this is not Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, it's it's uh what is freaking that one called? Uh, it's Les Miserables. it's Les Miserables. Uh Wolverine Miserables. plays <laughs> Wolverine is Jean Valjean and uh and the the gladiator is the bad guy and Catwoman is the one who had to get her head shaved. I think she's the one who sings I Dreamed a Dream. Is this a superhero version of Les Mis? No, it's just Les Mis. I'm just referring to the actors by the superhero characters that they played. Wow. And it's so like the, what... it's the most recent Les Mis film version. Oh. Anyway, we're doing a show. Heidi, tell everybody about the show. Well, wait. Why were the <laughs> vaginas singing that song? Uh, there's something very funny about vaginas singing I Dreamed a Dream. I dreamed a dream that life would be so much. I can't even remember the name. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like better than this hell I'm living or whatever the line is. Um, <laughs> that is wonderful. It, it fucking slays me every time. <laughs> I just. Well, sock puppet vaginas. Anyway, people, we were just talking about sock puppets in general because I mm -hmm. have four of them sitting here and I did a show many, many moons ago with sock puppets. Uh, and I'm going to have to reinvent a new pop sock puppet character. Yeah, you should not do the voice for that. You shouldn't even do the voice for that. Hello. N no. Can, can my sock puppet be an alien? Sure, but if you... Just Hello, give. I am watching you. I am a sock puppet alien. I want so now, to burrow deep into your brainstem. Now I have to tell you about the uh, um, 
the the entertainment that mostly mom and dad have to endure and Alex and Tara have to endure um because of um our our niece um but one of them is there are these uh sock puppet Martians from yes! Sesame Street. Oh the sock Are you familiar with the, se- the Are you familiar with the the Sesame Street Martians? I've forgotten about them. They're amazing. I had never seen them before. Oh my god. I knew nothing about them. And there is a video called the pizza box dance that uh, our niece was fucking obsessed with for like a hot minute. She's moved on to, to some other stuff. There's this guy. Um, you remember the, the, the band, the presidents of the United States of, the, of America. Yeah. They sang the song peaches and they, ha- and lump and you know, they had like one or two albums. Um, the guy who was the lead singer and songwriter and guitarist uh, for the presidents of the United States. Uh, and I forget his, his real name. Uh, he, uh, later w- became a children's songwriter. Um, so he now uh, publishes and performs under the name Casper Baby Pants. You Casper can find him on YouTube. Baby Pants. I Casper Baby Pants. About Casper Baby Pants. So um, I found in that band. I, okay. Whoa. Yeah. I, I first found out about Casper Baby Pants when um, Mercedes' oldest daughter was a baby and she was obsessed with uh, this song called Mr. Rabbit by, by that Casper. That is baby who Pants. I heard of that from. It's from Mercedes. Okay. Mercedes sent me a Casper Baby Pants video. It had to, it had to have been Mr. Rabbit. Shit. Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit, your tail's mighty long. Or your ears are mighty long. Yes, my friend, I'll sing my song. Every little soul must shine. Every little soul, soul must, must shine. shine. Yeah. Every so he's got... little soul must shine. So he has several others um, that are that are on YouTube, and uh, and Ruby has moved on to uh, to those. But she was obsessed with this pizza box dance song with the Martians from. Uh, from Sesame street. And it's bizarre watching like the stuff I experienced this too with, um, uh, my, my cousin's kids when they were like, um, in their like, you know, six, seven, eight, uh, age range with the stuff that they were obsessed with because they're now with the, with the internet and with the, like the, the proliferation of different forms of entertainment, different, um, you know, different like apps, channels, streaming services, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, like there's, there, there are all of these, these just subcultures of, of entertainment videos that you can just know nothing about. And all of a sudden you're like, Holy shit, there are, uh, 30, 40, 50, 60 videos about this particular thing with hundreds of thousands, millions of views that I've never heard of. So like when my nephews were younger, um, they were obsessed with, um, this show, um, that was like, it was like this kind of, um, weird, uh, Mickey mouse kind of Walt Disney. It was like th- this, th- there are these like horror video games that were, um, a thing. And I'm going to come up with the name here in, uh, in a second, I, one of them was called hello neighbor. And the other one was fuck. I'll, I'll think of it eventually. Um, but there were like, there are all these videos and like reference videos and, t- and like, you know, memes being generated within the videos and then references to other videos and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, there, are, and so like there are these, the stuff that you just, you wouldn't even know exists. And so that's how I felt like watching this pizza box dance video. Cause I'm like, what in the hell? It's literally just, the Elmo is delivering a pizza to the sock puppet Martians 
And one of the socks pu- sock puppet Martians says, pizza box dance. Pizza and then they're dance. like, and then they're like, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. And yep. dancing to pizza and like and, dance, and counting dance. to ten. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> Yay. There is a, a specific and remarkable skill in children's entertainers. Um because I couldn't sit down and and put together something that is so nonsensical. So like and I it just it's so strange to me. Because I would like if if somebody told me to write something like that, I'd be like, "This doesn't make any fucking sense." <laughs> but, but the kids love it. I I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. Pizza box dance explodes my brain. I can't do not compute. Do yeah. not compute. Pizza box dance. Yeah, yeah. Leo, this is your subconscious talking. Pizza box dance. <laughs> I think you need to come up with a new Five Nights at Freddy's. That was the other thing. That was Hi. the thing that my nephews were watching. Five Nights at Freddy's. That's an amazing memory, Leo. Bizarre, bizarre. Yeah, it. You know what? I keep, <laughs> my brain keeps going to your garden, and like you're going to be out there gardening sometime this summer. And then you're going to, you'll be weeding your carrots or thinning your carrots. And then you'll just take one of those carrots and just start making it dance. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be like, I don't know what, but Osprey poop. I don't know. I mean, it has to not make any sense. And then it's going to be hilarious. You'll make a My brain throws like (laughs) random memories, just pulls them out of note. Like, uh, (laughs) One thing that jumped into my mind, uh, like yesterday, it was like one of the, you know, those early internet videos, um, from like, you know, the early two thousands and it was like, uh, no, it's called, I just want bang, bang, bang. And it's this like (laughs) terrible, like very badly animated, um, video to a song that's like, uh, just absolute, like kind of. Uh, gutter music with just like this really raw funky sound like kind of punkish i guess um but it's like a guy talking and he's like annie i don't want to and it with like a, a weird like eastern european accent like annie i don't want to buy you chocolates i don't want to go to movie i just want bang 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 and <laughs> And that's the I remember chorus. this song. I, I just want bang, bang, bang. I just want bang, bang, bang. It just came like I was at the fucking grocery store. I don't know where my brain pulled this out of. I'm like shopping for cat cat food. And my brain goes, hey, you remember that song? I just want bang, bang, bang. Like, why are you thinking about that right now? This happened to me at work the other day. I was sit- I'm sitting at my desk I'm in the middle of working. And my brain goes, bang, bang, hey. No, no, not that. It was something different. My my brain goes, hey, the German word for cat food is Katzenfutter. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, brain. Can can you go back to what we're trying to do now, please? Yes, we're trying to work. And my brain says, you know, when Ralph Wiggum says my cat's breath smells like cat food, I'm like, yes, I know where you're going. That 
How do you think you say my get my cat's breath smells like cats and footer in German? <laughs> so I had to go to Google Translate and look up Jane, how to you say. You did. You did. You did. I did. I had to do that in order to get back to work. Ah, the work you love so much. Yeah, I forget what the word for breath is, but it's. The der something minor cats are reached off cats and footer. <laughs> That's so. impressive. I went to a wedding this weekend. This is reminding me of at this wedding we did karaoke, mm-hmm. and there was this one gal who just really committed to this song. Do you remember this one? Bird, bird, bird is the word. Bird, yeah. bird, bird, bird is the word. So it's like five minutes straight of just doing bird, bird. Don't you know about the bird now? Yes! That is another completely random weird song that everybody. It was a one-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eat. A one-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eat. He wears short shorts, a purple people leader. This is absurdity, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful part of comedy. I have so much comedy material right now. I've never had this. And, well, half of the comedy material I have isn't funny yet. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, we've talked about this before. I, uh, like, I think hoping- it's a perfectly... I'm I think it's a perfectly the valid. Is going to be yeah. okay with the fact that uh, I'm going to run some things by my brother. Uh, yeah, at some I point. think it's a, a valid approach, um, especially when you're doing it like you're not trying to uh, be like a straight stand up. You're kind, you know, you're trying to be like a performance artist with a, a message and ideally be funny some of the time That's to it. kind of keep people engaged, right? So. Correct. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, uh, and we've talked about this before, like it's a perfectly valid approach with, um, writing comedic material to start with the point that you want to make and then try to find jokes, you know, to work, to work into your point. But, and then it's, thir- it's, we're, we're 13 minutes in. Do you want to tell people about the show? Yeah. I was just thinking that. So I'm going to have a comedy show this coming Thursday in Missoula, an aspirationally decolonial comedy show. That is uh, Thursday, June 29th 29th in Missoula, Montana, at the Roxy in Missoula, Montana. Fly on down, everybody. Just come on down. This is my first comedy show I've ever produced. And then I've been talking with Leal's friend, who seems like an amazing human being, Jen. What's Jen's last name? Adams. She owns the lounge at the end of the universe, which refers to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And it sounds like it's an art co-op with like 40 artists living there, as well as a performance art space. And Oh, nobody lives there, but a bunch of... Oh. When she says resident artists, she just means like artists who are, um, who are like kind of partners in the thing. But yeah, it's... That's cool. Um, And I will be co-creating a show for Boise that's going to be a mixture of my videos, uh, which are all around five minutes long. 
And there, I found I'm getting a lot of feedback from people who watched them here in Missoula, and they are very accessible, and people really like them, and they are causing people to reflect. Um, as I think one thing that I'm trying to do with like systemic change work is look at myself instead of just being like, oh, the system has to change and they have to change and those billionaires have to change. I'm also looking at my own change. And so looking at exploitation and scarcity and ownership and the wheel of capitalism, spiritual wellness industrial complex, I think you're really going to like that one. These are all patterns that affect all of us, and all of us kind of buy into it a little bit. Uh, some more than others, but there's a lot of comedy, and um, it, it's very it's very wholesome work as well. And interdispersed between the videos, we'll talk a little bit about shadow material. And Jen had this great idea. <clears throat> we, I would, I'm starting to think that maybe the shadow character might be you. I don't want to give away too much, but somebody walks, there's not going to be a ton of people listening to this podcast. Okay. So somebody walks out with like a cigar and they're dressed like, and they're in the shadows. And I'm, maybe I'm explaining shadow material to the audience from my own perspective, which is just repressed things that are repressed inside of us that never get to come out and we never see them. And then maybe the person who's the shadow in the background just starts to say really nasty things like, you're so stupid. Why did you even think of this dumb idea? Oh my gosh, you should be ashamed of yourself. <coughs> uh, why are you wearing those stupid clothes? You need to go to the mall and buy some new clothes that might look much better on you. You know, that kind of a thing. Okay. What do you think? I think that we could we can work with that idea. Because what we did because there's well one of the things um, that I think would work with that idea um, is if it's in your own voice. Um, so there, I, I like the idea of having somebody else there, uh, and and this could be represent. It, it depends on how. Um, how, how kind of intellectual and how deep we want to get with it, because I see two, um, t two things jump out at me immediately about this idea. One is the idea that it is, you know, the recording of your own voice, um, playing while you're, you're talking, uh, and, and it's, and it's about self-doubt, fear, you know, um, self-sabotage, et cetera. Yeah. Self-sabotage um, is a really good one. Having me and especially like if it's, um, you know, me talking behind you, then it becomes a question of, uh, who, who am I representing? Am I representing society's view? Am I representing, uh, your, your father figures? Um, and I mean, I think there's, I don't know how I, I haven't watched the, the videos that you sent and I don't know how, how deeply you've kind of gotten into like that work on, um, like when, when going through this stuff, but obviously like a huge thing for you when it comes to like how your psyche is programmed, uh, has to do with the the various ways in which um, the the father figure men in your life have uh, not done perhaps the best job, <laughs> um, and so there is yeah there's there's room to explore that, well, but that yeah, has I the know. potential to get like extremely raw for you and extremely 
exposing, you know, um, so it depends on kind of what the, what the context is and are we talking about kind of a, uh, a broad and general, I think this is something that, that, um, most likely develops for you over time. Um, cause I, I see, I, I, I like this, this idea, um, but it's, it, it's going to take a lot of development, a lot of kind of figuring out, um, you know, how, how many different voices are out there. Um, and, and also, you know, finding the, the good voices too. Like there's, there's room in here, um, to also explore, uh, like inner child stuff. You know, I've told you kind of about the, the inner child dynamic, um, of work that I, the, that I worked on, um, mm. with, uh, with my therapist for, um, for quite a while. Uh, and that's something that's still kind of very, um, you know, very important to, to me. Um, kind of reminds me, did you ever watch the, um, the Pixar movie about the emotions, whatever it's called Mm-mm. inside out. No, I was told so, to watch that. Yeah. It it's, it's pretty good. Um, and you know, so it gives it this kind of, it's actually, it's funny there, there was a, um, an early nineties sitcom that had a very similar premise called Herman's head. Um, we had this main character named Herman and then these, I want to say like six people who lived in his head, um, who were all kind of, you know, constantly jockeying for, uh, what he was going to do in any given situation, you know? So you had these, all these, all these different personalities in the, and between this, the, the group of them, they were creating this, this one guy. Um, and in the movie inside out, you have all these emotions, um, so the, each individual oh. emotion is a character within this child's brain. Um, and she spends the movie kind of, um, thinking about like trying to stay away from the bad emotions and, you know, like the good emotions, the love emotions and everything. And the, uh, are, you know, trying to keep the, the bad emotions, the anger and hate and everything kind of under control. And, um, and one of the things that to me is very uh, is, is extremely poignant towards the end of the movie is you have, she, and th- they have this thing called core memories that she, that this child is, is creating. And those are the things that are like the really important memories, you know, that become like the building blocks to who you become as an adult. Um, and all of the core memories at the beginning of the movie are attached to a specific emotion. They're good, you know, basically good core memories or bad core memories, you know? And eventually, um, she creates this new core, core memory that's good and bad that has, you know, joy and pain attached to it. Um, and that to me is, is really like, was, was one, one of the, like my big takeaways from that, that movie. Cause like that to me is, was, was really poignant. Like the, um, you know, there, there can be fundamental memories that can be experiences, whether they're as a child or, or as an adult, um, where, you know, you don't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't benefit you to try and ignore what you would think of as the bad part of, mm. of a certain memory or experience. Um, if there's also good to it. Right. Well, yeah, this is bringing up so many things. Cause 
and I did say this when I talked about, because this is the first time I've personally tried talking about shadow material even in public. But yeah, we can, we can repress our joy. We can repress masculine sides of ourselves. We can repress feminine sides of ourselves. We can repress weird sides of ourselves. It's not all bad. In fact, like the school system and religion and a lot of these things repress our fucking joy and keep us from accessing and even feeling more deeply into ourselves and what our needs actually are so we don't even have a sense of what our needs are now on a, when we're looking at shadow material as something that's repressed but it comes out it when it comes out it projects something negative back out into the world I will tell you that my two friends did a theater piece. One of them had a big old puffy jacket and it said, back off. And she had a water pistol hidden in her jacket. And my other friend put on a clipboard and these women are in their 50s, professionals in the community. She had a clipboard and she's like, all right, we need to be in control. So one person just acted out like, I'm in control. I got a clipboard. I know what's going on. Does everybody know what's going on? This needs to be perfect perfectly ordered everything needs to go perfect and then she starts to release the control and says well I want to please all of you and then my other friend says well what do you really want what do you really want Teresa and Teresa says what do I really want I want joy and I want to learn how to play and I want to play with all of you and I want to experience connection with all of you and, and then my friend Rhonda, the other one, squirt guns her, and eventually they get Rhonda's giant jacket, which is her protective mechanism that she's used her whole life to protect herself, and her friend slowly helps her take it off. And so what was cool about this theater is it showed, it showed um, behaviors that each of them have begun to use that have used throughout their entire life that have helped protect them and have been coping mechanisms mechanisms for them. And it showed that they can help each other see one another's shadow material and through letting our vulnerability out and letting our weird sides out, slowly we can heal and begin to see, like you said earlier, all the parts of ourselves Instead of putting some parts as like being shameful um, when they could just be joyful parts of ourselves. So everyone was deeply moved by that theater piece because I think almost everyone controls. Everybody's controlling themselves in this fucking society in some way. And to some degree, I, I mean, you know, I don't know if we need control, but we certainly need awareness. And then I think a lot of us have defense mechanisms that we've built up over time in order to keep us safe from things that are external, but also safe from parts of ourselves that we've kept hidden, those inner child parts of ourselves. And the other thing I said when I was talking about shadow material is that it never goes away. So no matter what we do to keep those parts repressed, However many generations we pass that shame forward, it follows us. 
And I think those parts of us really, really, really want to be seen. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a very like basic level at like we all, everybody just wants to be who we are. We all just want to feel comfortable going out into the world. You know, there's so much, um, yeah. like you said, shame surrounding being unsure. And this comes up, like starts off very early um, for kids. Uh, and even if, you know, so many parents are, are actively contributing to it um, with uh, by passing on their, uh, you know, their inherited trauma. But even if they're not uh, there, there's still like it's it's a very intense um, thing for kids going through like introduction to social dynamics, um, you know, because of the way that we are kind of separated out, um, the, you know, the way that our society works, like a lot of kids go through their first five years, um, either not having a social group or not having a big social group or, you know, the, the only kids that they know, or maybe if they're in a daycare, maybe if, you know, their parents have other friends with kids like their same age, maybe if they're in a neighborhood, but you know, like a, a fairly limited social group. And then you have all of these little pods, uh, incubating of, of kids with whatever that little social group is. Right. And then all of a sudden you dump, um, you know, 60, 80, a hundred of them oh in a school. And not only there's, you no, know, that six, anymore. like, right. Like there's that 60, 80, a hundred kids, uh, in their grade level to, to whom this is completely new information. This is very overwhelming. And they've got, uh, you know, five classes above them, of of kids in varying stages of developing social hierarchies and Right? You know, learning how to deal with each other as well as dealing with the stress of, you know, like everybody telling them that this is where, you know, this is where the whole rest of your life begins. You know, your elementary educa education is the gateway to your junior high and high school education. Your high school education is the gateway to your college education. The college education is the gateway to your career and the career is the gateway to the rest of your life. Retirement is um, the gateway to your retirement. Right. Um, and that it's like anyway well and when i don't remember I wanna, what made me start there i want to bring this back to what you said earlier about us working with shadow when i come to boise and what we're going to do so first of all one thing i want to say is my friend Rhonda might be coming with me okay um but this potential character that might be you or some aspect of you what do you represent and, and is it going to be my voice or your voice or whatever what I wanted to say with that whole story I just told you is that, yeah, I have some personal shadow material that still is following me from my father's, which is being healed quite a bit by having divot in my life. And I have other shadow material around not feeling valued because I've been poor my whole adult life. Like that is a huge wound for me that I'm trying so hard to get up above to just feel like I deserve to make enough money to live. Um, that is a huge place of shadow for me right now. I'm looking at it. I'm shining light on it. I'm trying to see it, but it's, 
it's a dark side of me. It's not been nurtured. It's not been um, helped and supported throughout my life, and it hasn't been seen or actualized. Now, when we're talking about the performance, though, I feel like what I'd like to try to do is find things that many, many people can relate to. So control, defense mechanisms, or other things that, that as you and I continue to talk about this, or you looking at your own self, you know, what are some things that you've, mechanisms you've used as an adult to help you survive for sure, but also that might be outdated coping mechanisms that, mm -hmm. that w other people in the audience would use. Cause I think a lot of these patterns and more than what we're aware of are collective. And I think this, this, even in many ways, like having therapy where it's one-on-one -on -one, and that's our main form of therapy, even that can subtly tell us that there's something wrong with us as opposed to, oh, we've all been born and raised inside of this system of oppression. We all have parts of us that are oppressed and all have parts of us that need to be seen and cared for and loved and then try to make that character funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think like on the subject, that's the, that's, um, the subject of, of individual therapy is, um, an interesting one. Um, I hadn't thought about that a whole lot, but you're absolutely right that, um, one of the benefits is cause I, I do think that individual therapy is important, um, because it gives you the time and it gives you the permission to focus on yourself. Um, because one of the things that we are constantly told is that if we talk about ourselves too much, then we're being selfish, we're being self-absorbed, we're dominating the conversation, whatever, right? right. Um, but spending time in examining yourself, examining your story, examining the stories that you tell yourself and the stories that you tell other people uh, is the only way to come to understand them better. Uh, and having a therapist as a sounding board is really important. Um but collective therapy. And I think one of the huge benefits of just normalizing therapy and getting more people, um, you know, talking about their mental health and, and engaging with their mental health and, you know, seeking men mental health treatment, um, is that that opens the door for conversations, for conversations surrounding mental health to enter into just our everyday lives with our, with, yeah. you know, the people that we're close to, yeah. um, because group therapy, like I, I, can, you know, I, I see some benefit to it, but to me, it seems like the most beneficial, uh, venue for kind of the group aspect of personal exploration is learning what you learn about yourself in one-on-one -on -one therapy, and then taking that into conversations with the people who are close to you, who have also been working on themselves in, you know, one-on-one -on -one, and then talking about, you know, what everybody is learning and how everybody is growing and, uh, and everything. Um, you know, being able to talk to, you know, especially when it comes, you know, we're going to come back to parents like, um, you know, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think if you had grown up with, um, our dad while he would have, uh, you know, you, you would, you would have encountered some of the same, uh, parenting, missteps that, uh, that I encountered obviously. Um, but I, and I've, you know, I've talked about this before. I think overall he did a, a good job. And I think that the best, um, 
the the maybe not the absolute best, but at least what good looks like um, for parenting is to bring up your children with at least slightly less of the generational trauma that you inherited um, and with at least slightly better tools for dealing with that trauma and for continuing to, you know, improve that healing uh, through, through the generations. Um, and I think that uh, he and my mom did accomplish that. Yeah. I forget where I started. Oh, um, yeah, I, okay, oh, well, oh, over the weekend at this wedding that I was at, I got my, um, astrology chart read for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in astrology? Not very much. Yeah. I, I will say like one of the things that has always rung true for me and i do think it's very I, it is very interesting especially with meeting you um because there's always been you know mine and dad's birthday are two days apart uh and you are also a gemini and so there's you know there's always been a certain degree of uh similarity of personality between me and dad um that you know people have always pointed out and that we look alike and and sound alike and whatnot um and that could obviously come down to me being raised by him. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of factors there, but, um, and I don't know how much similarity you have to anybody like on your mom's side of the family or, or, or anything. Um, but I, I obviously, you know, immediately when you and I met felt like there's a, a, a bond and a tremendous similarity there. Um, and uh, so that like, makes me go, okay, does that have anything to do? It, it, it still seems weird to me. It doesn't, it se still seems very woo woo and not very sciencey. Um, but the other thing that being a Gemini and one of the aspects of, of Gemini is like the duality. And one thing that I always, always, always fucking do to the point where it drives people absolutely insane is I will like, it is so hard for me to make a definitive statement on something. I will always present both, both sides of the argument. Um, yeah. even if I'm like, I mean, I'll be like, okay, so this is the way that I see it and, you know, ABC, therefore D. And so this is the way this is, this is what I'm, I'm thinking, but also here are all these other, you know, five or 10 elements that could, that, that could make me wrong. And this could be, this, this could actually be the right answer wow. and it drives people insane. <laughs> Amazing. And I don't know if that's a Gemini thing specifically or not or whatever. Well, she gave me this printout, you know, and it's like the house of blah, blah, blah. And your Venus is rising in the house of Uranus. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, what she did say was you have been able, you are going to be able to manifest this work from your father. Like you inherited something from him and you're going to be able to manifest what you've inherited from him to the world, something like that. Um, and that my mother, my biological mother will not be able to see me. Anyway, did she know, did, did she know anything about you when she, when she told you this? I mean, not really. Is this not a friend of yours? This is just somebody who was like doing astrology at the wedding. Yeah. That's pretty, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty spot on. I kind of view astrology, um, similar to like tarot. Um, because I think that there is, um, potential use in tarot, um, 
in that it can give you words, give you ideas, give you thoughts, uh, to help you, you know, work through stuff on your own. Um, so, uh, cause I've done, you know, I've gotten tarot readings, I've done tarot readings. Um, and so you just, you know, flip out the cards and you go, okay, well, you know, this is what this card says. And, you know, this is kind of what it generally means. Does that speak to you at all? Um, and you know, maybe it does, or maybe it doesn't like I, I, I've, I'm never going to buy into the level of, uh, of astrology where, you know, people are just looking through absolutely everything, every single thing in their lives, uh, you know, through the, the lens of astrology. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like this woman did give you like a couple of, of very salient points, uh, at least for, for you to, uh, to work through. Yeah. And I think it probably does affect us on some level where we're born and what time and where there's positioning in the sky. Like you're saying, if you and I were born at a very similar time of the year, then there, there might be these little quantum kismet things, but I'm with you. I don't, I don't want anything. I don't want to give my power away to anything too much at this point. Mm -hmm. I've been way too much into the new age realm and i like being grounded in reality while also being open to other things i've also seen a lot of crazy shit but i don't want to bow to anything or put anything above me including astrology or anything else but it's interesting and i have a lot of friends who are really into it Okay. We are getting close to running out of time. Um, would you like to tell the audience where the show is and when, or actually you already said where, but tell them when the show is. So we're looking at the weekend of August 18th and 19th. We may, we are probably, we're definitely going to do Friday night. We might do two shows on Friday night. We might do Thursday night, Friday night, or we might do Friday night, Saturday night. We'll figure all that out, but it's that weekend of August 19th. And uh, we will, in the next couple of weeks, have that solidified, and we'll start promoting in Boise. Yeah, and we will um, put out a couple more episodes, just at least to uh, maybe just some short ones um, with details and updates, um, but also it'll be on social media and whatnot. Um, and uh, it should be pretty good. <laughs> Or very weird. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. It's not too weird. It's all stuff people can. I mean, it's like looking at unconscious patterns with your conscious mind. And then having fun together. The other thing is like, I don't use the word healing, the H word, in any of my shows. But it does seem to provide healing for people but I won't say that out loud. Nobody heard. You didn't hear it from me. No, that's you fine. Trick I, I, people. You got to trick people. Yeah. You got to trick people into getting better. Um, it's, <laughs> that's absolutely true, especially with mental health. Like people don't want, you know, we, you and I were talking about this on the phone the other day. Like the first thing that happens that has to happen in order for somebody to like begin healing and begin working on mental health is to acknowledge the pain and the hurt and the damage. Um, and, it's very hard to ignore once you've acknowledged it and people know at a, 
uh, like at a, at a fundamental level, even if they haven't examined it, they know that if they do examine it, that it's going to require a, it's like opening a closet. It's like, it is like opening a closet that like, that you have never opened and that, you know, has been getting filled with shit. Just all, just stuff, people, the things been teleporting in there your entire life. Just, just through a Star Trek t- transporter, just yeah! all kinds of crap's yeah! been getting teleported into this closet, yeah. and you're like, "I am gonna fucking die with that." I'm, I am, I have no interest. I'm not opening that fucking thing. I will die before <laughs> I open that fucking thing. That is exactly um, what it is, dude. It is, and that's like our psyche. It's a, yeah. it's an unknown. One of my final. It's not a joke yet, but one of the final things I talk about in my set is how we don't understand how our psyches and our bodies are interconnected yet i don't think i think we're starting to but it's all very complex and uh yeah to start to open that is really fucking exciting you just you just crack the door let a little thing out Oh, oh shit! That's a baseball. I don't. Oh no, no! I know what that's. I know what that's about. I don't want to talk about it. When I was in the fifth grade, I missed nope, catching nope. the baseball in the game, and they put me in timeout. They didn't put me in timeout. I just got hit by the ball because I was not paying attention. Did we already have this conversation about baseball and softball? I I don't know if I told you about this or not, but yeah, I was. Uh, I did not deal well. I was like out in left field or right field or something. Right. And I did not deal well with that position because that's an area. I needed a place. I needed to be told to go to a place, right. Being told to go to an area. I was like, I don't, I don't no, I don't, I don't like this. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing out here. I don't like it. Right. So how old were you? How old were you? Maybe eight. All right. This is T-ball. And, um, so I had, (laughs) In my pocket, um, because we had been somewhere earlier that day or something or a previous day where I had managed, I, for whatever reason, I had gotten access to a bunch of those little cocktail swords, the little like plastic sword that like you put like a cocktail, olive and onion on. Right. And we had been somewhere and I, I had access to like grab a handful. And so I had a handful of these little plastic swords in my pocket. So I go out onto the field and I'm like, I'm going to mark my place. I'm going to mark my area. So I go out and I'm like, is this the place coach? Is this where I'm supposed to be? And he's like, yeah. And so I'm like down sticking little plastic swords in the ground to mark my spot so that I know the spot that I'm supposed to go to. And I'm not at all paying attention to the baseball and I get, and I get hit with a ball. So I think that was the last game of baseball I played. All right. Well, I was in junior high. So we weren't kids knitting at the same exact time, but. Well, if I, w- I mean, that's not that far apart. It's not cause... that far apart. Cause we're three years, four years apart. Yeah. Are you so, 44 yeah. now? Huh? Yeah. I just turned 44. Three years apart. So yeah, I was around 11 when it happened. It is true. And I was playing softball and mm-hmm. they put me in left field. And I was like, I don't understand this. this Shut the place. fuck up. Are you serious? Yes. Holy shit. No, we definitely have not had this conversation. This left field, it's too big. I don't understand where my place is. And I'm just out there. It was not, I didn't get hit by a ball, but they kept 
they could just sense and they kept um, hitting balls right at me and I kept missing them. I missed them four times and they took me out of the game and I never went back. It was left Holy field. shit. Left field. Yeah, that's, I, I, I'm going to say that's close enough to the exact same goddamn experience. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, we definitely have not talked about that. Okay, we have to end this episode. Um, listeners. We'll see you in Boise. Keep keep in touch. By the way, I just got a new microphone. I hope you can Oh, yeah, tell hopefully the, the audio is better. Because we want everybody to hear us. Stick with us, everybody. We love you. We wish you well. And we'll never shame you. Thank Well, <laughs> I'll shame people for some things. <laughs> But I, I won't sounds- shame people for being like genuinely who they are and, and whatnot. Just like mostly shame people for being dicks. Yeah, we we, um, we can do that, can't we? We can be a yeah. big bag of dicks sometimes, everybody. I'm just thinking of the most recent time that I shamed somebody. It was like this very bad uh, uh, hack comedian on the internet. This woman who's like... Anytime you see conservative comedy, it's always just cringe as fuck. And there's this lady and I forget her name, but she basically looks like, and this is what I, that I said about her online. She looks like if you took, um, kind of the, um, the spirit of Barbara Bush, um, and dressed it in, uh, dressed it out of Dolly Parton's closet. Um, and then, uh, recycled Dennis Leary's stage persona from like when I was in high school that's this lady so she's just like oh that you know what we didn't have is safe spaces and it's just like oh god like that's that that's the opening to one of the videos that she had posted online is complaining about safe spaces i'm like that is so that's that is hack by current conservative 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 comedy standards like that 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 line like setting aside whether or not it was ever true which it wasn't like whether it was ever funny which it wasn't but also it has been done so many fucking times like you just you guys just don't have new material at all you don't have a fucking new thought amongst the lot of you it's just safe spaces and participation trophies oh it's fucking sucks anyway sorry we were closing you're allowed to say that things suck but the deepest empowerment is when we point our finger at somebody else and how fucked up they are and then we try to do something different that would be you writing a set with your sister for this fucking show that's happening in boise in august we're gonna kill it it's gonna be great (laughs) how could it not be great it's leo and heidi yeah, I think it's going to be pretty good. Okay. Love you all. Thank, love you all. Thanks for listening. Love you. Talk love to you, you soon. Brother. Okay. Talk to all you right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We're glad you were here. If you want to support what we're doing, you can do that at patreon.com slash H-I-M-M-B or at Heidi J L L C on Venmo. Thank you. We appreciate you